We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. The all-star break is almost past us. We're almost back to regular basketball. We'll see NBA basketball back tomorrow. But today we did have some news stories to break down. Some that are kind of exciting in terms of players coming back from injuries. Others that are a little strange, maybe a bit disappointing. And I guess that's where we'll start. By the way, I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. On Instagram at Trevor Lane NBA. Keith Smith. You can find him at Keith Smith NBA over on Twitter. Keith, let's start with Kemba. Kemba Walker. Done for the season. And I've got a lot of people on Twitter, yourself included, Say why didn't the why don't the Knicks just buy him out so he can keep yeah. playing if they if they've just decided sorry Kemba you're going into exile? Yeah, it um sounds like the Knicks want to use his contract in a trade this off season, which is their only reason why they wouldn't buy him out. Yeah, it's it's been uh you know disappointing to see uh what well, what's happened you know thus far in this uh, return. Uh, to New York for Kemba, or I guess return home is mm-hmm. the better way to put that. He's he's a Bronx native. Uh, you know, he was everybody was super excited to see him back there, and he has played in 37 games, started all 37, but he's not really himself. He shot 40 percent from the field, 36 percent from from three. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so that's not too bad, but he he just he can't make baskets around the rim uh anymore he can't really get to the basket 11.6 points three rebounds three and a half assists he's been really problematic defensively he's had a lot of struggles on that end so yeah all all around it's just disappointing to see yeah where where this has gone the wording that the knicks used in their press release made it sound as though this was kemba's decision do you have a, a sense of that's I'd imagine it's probably a mutual. I can't imagine Kemba going to the Knicks and saying, "Hey, I don't want to play anymore this season." Yeah, I, I mean, my guess is they probably said, "Hey, we will play you occasionally off the bench." Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the way, Derrick Rose is supposed to be back sometime soon. We know he's going to play a good amount. They've also got Emmanuel quickly, who they want to get minutes for um, there. But, but that would be my guess is they said, "Hey, we'll get you in games on occasion. Kind of treat him like he's a." you know, 12th to 15th guy on the roster. And he probably doesn't want to do that. So, you know, at this point in his career, so it probably is one of those things where it probably was, you know, fairly mutual in that sense. So, you know, all right, hey, just, you know, fine. You know, let me sit and we'll go from there. Uh, The reality is next season, I'm pulling it up right now, Mm -hmm. 9.2 million um, 
you know, that's a nice piece of salary matching to put into a trade, but it's not going to get you anything on no. on his own. Um, it just, you know, there's no way anybody's going to, you'll be interested in that for Kemba. But yeah, you get a team where they want to move a guy, you know, the Knicks have a lot of interesting options this off season. Cause you've got that, you've got Alec Burks at 10 million, Evan Fournier at 18, mm-hmm. uh, Nerland's Noel at 9.2 million. Um, that's without kind of dipping into any of the younger guys. So we've got options there, right? You can kind of get to whatever number you need to, if you really want to go that direction in a trade. And if that's where the Knicks want to go, then I get it for keeping Kemba on, you know, on the books and having him for that. But otherwise, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I'd rather just, you know, set the guy free. Maybe somebody else thinks he can play a role for them the rest of the year. I think that's the unfortunate part here is we, we typically see teams try to do right by veterans, and I think Kemba mm-hmm. definitely fits in that category where if, and, and maybe yeah. we don't know, maybe there just wasn't a lot of interest out there. Maybe, maybe Kemba was hearing, Hey, if you do wind up on the buyout market, you may not find a landing spot. Like if that's the case, sure. okay. Right. I mean, so there's, there could be other factors here, but in general, if there is a player that's languishing, like they are right now on the Knicks, what you typically see NBA teams do just to foster some goodwill around the, around the league is buy that player out, let them go try to continue their career somewhere else, particularly when there's somebody like Kemba, been a veteran in the league, done some good things in the league, you try to do right by them. But again, I that's it feels like there's got to be some other factors here that are preventing that from happening. And maybe it is just the Knicks wanting to use his deal in a trade. And there's a chance too, Kemba was like, you can straight wave me. I'm not yes. giving any money back. Too, right which i mean he gave back money to to get out of okc so he may be saying hey i'm not giving up even more money now mm-hmm. you know basically the knicks deal made him more or less whole uh based off of what he gave up to get out of okc so that, that's that's my guess is it's probably it probably is truly mm-hmm. mutual where it's like hey we're just gonna go this direction breakups are never mutual but sometimes they are. Um, <laughs> Ian Begley, by the way, Thanks, just, to, just to close this out um, with a fortuitously timed tweet, Ian Begley says, Tom Thibodeau uh, said, Derek Rose and RJ Barrett both went through full practices today. will be evaluated tomorrow. Today was Rose's first day with taking contact. So again, that falls in line with Rose being on the verge of returning, which obviously would complicate the Kemba Walker situation even further in terms of him finding minutes, even if it was off the bench. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that makes complete sense, right? That we're, that's where we're headed, right? It's just, there weren't going to be a lot of minutes anyway. And, and here we go. All right. Let's stick with New York guards, Kyrie Irving, uh, who Ron Gutterman broke down for us earlier today, the situation going on with potentially the mandates changing, which might allow Kyrie to play in home games. This has been kind of the, the buzz all along has been, well, if, if something changes at some point, that could definitely change things quite a bit for the Nets. The Nets team that struggled, they're in the play-in tournament as of right now, if the playoffs were to start today. But if the Nets wind up, and again, big if, with a healthy Kyrie, healthy KD, you get Ben Simmons ramped up, which what we've heard is it's going to be a few weeks for that to happen, they could be the team that nobody wants to see in round one. I mean, it, if you're the Bucks. If you're the Heat, you're somebody that's near the top of the East and your reward is suddenly you get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and Ben Simmons comes back and you've got to play that team in round one. That doesn't feel like much of a reward for being at the top <laughs> no. of the conference. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Avery, you're, you're spot on with that because, I mean, Kevin Durant alone is mm-hmm. a handful 
in a seven game series. You know, he can win games almost by himself. And then, yeah, you get, you know, Kyrie in there. And if Simmons is kind of going, my guess is it's going to take a little while for the Nets to find their footing. And I don't know that a month of regular season games or whatever it's going to be is going to be enough. Um, to be clear, too, that the mayor said, in a few weeks, you know, we will start these things. There was a little bit of a, you know, I think um, optimistic phrasing in yes, some it's tweets not happening now. today of how soon mm-hmm. this might happen. Um, this was, uh, you know, more in a few weeks, we'll start looking at, you know, where we may go versus in a few weeks, it'll go this way. Now, maybe it happens very quickly and my reading of it is, is incorrect, but I don't know that we're going to see Kyrie, you know, play in the next couple weeks, but I do think this is trending towards by the time we get to the postseason, he'll be able to play in home games in Brooklyn. I agree with you. I think the knee jerk reaction that we're going to see from a lot of people is just, oh my gosh, the Nets are a juggernaut again. They've got Kyrie back for every single game. I think what the last few seasons in the NBA have showed us is that chemistry matters. Chemistry matters. In fact, chemistry and continuity, it matters a lot. And there are times where just talent wins out and just putting enough talent on the floor works. But in the case of the Nets, I think that they, the downfall of the Nets come playoff time will probably be the lack of time on the court together during the regular season because they didn't have a chance to you to really build that chemistry. And part of that is because I think there are other very strong teams in the Eastern Conference right now that do have that chemistry, particularly we're looking at, say, the Milwaukee Bucks. That, I think, could wind up being the the ultimate downfall of the Nets. But again, like I said, Never fun when you're the opposing team and you look across the court and you see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and then you add in some shooting in Seth Curry. They've got some pieces that can make them a handful for anybody. Yeah, I mean, look at, you know, and I'm I'm not trying to prop you up and bring you back here, but it's look at the Lakers last Mm -hmm. year, right? They were up 2-1. I think people forget that. They were up 2-1 in that series on the Suns. And then guys get hurt and the wheels came off and it, you know, all went sideways on them. Um, the rest of the way, and then you know it looks like it looks like a less close series than it maybe, not maybe, but really probably was. Um, so yeah, that's that's what you don't want to have, right? You you don't want to be. It worked really hard. We got this great record. We're a top two seed, and uh, crap. <laughs> right. You know, like that's you know that that's the 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 downside. Now you know there's still a possibility, right? As we we look at these standings today, they'd be in the play-in, as you said. They would have to go to Toronto first, and there's no sign that that's going to change. So there's, I don't think Kyrie would be able to play in Toronto. Um, but that's why you want to be seven or eight, because then you get that second shot if you lose that first one, right? You get that second shot to get in. Second, second, Here's a second opportunity. Ask. Let's use, let's not use shot in relation to the Nets and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Good call. Good call. All right, that's true. Yeah, you got to get the first shot there right. if you're going to get the second one, right? Um, so. Let's use the standings as they are today. Let's just say Miami mm-hmm. and Chicago finish one, two. Do you, if we're going in and Kyrie's available, Simmons is playing, but you know, maybe still some bumps in the road with that, as far as him adjusting and adapting to the team, would you pick the nets over the heat or the bulls in a first round? Assuming series? everyone is healthy. Uh, yeah. Everybody's. No as healthy as they're going to no, be. And that's, and that's where the chemistry I think comes into play. I think we've seen the okay. bulls hit a different level when they've got everybody healthy, the heat as well. And the heat have enough continuity, I believe from the previous seasons to where their chemistry level is going to be there. Um, talent wise, could they be there? Absolutely. But I think trying to flow it, throw everything together, particularly who knows when the mandate gets lifted and you can start getting Kyrie back 
with the team in game situations more often with, with him playing home games. I, that's that's what I think is going to be tough. It's hard to get everybody back and going that quickly. So no, I wouldn't favor them in that, but I think they can give them a run for their money if they're at full strength. I think they can make it difficult on them, but I wouldn't pick against the Heat or the Bulls in that scenario. I think I would pick them to beat the okay. Bulls, all things being equal. Um, I just think they've got enough talent to do that. I think the Heat would get them. I think the Heat have a lot of defenders that they can run at Kevin Durant. If Ben Simmons is going to be a big part of things, you know, the Heat will play that zone heavily and kind of do what they can to take him away um, from from being a functional part of the Brooklyn offense. So, yeah, it, one thing that does get a lot more interesting if this comes to pass, they become a far more interesting team because I kind of looked at it as I didn't think they'd get through and have any chance in the first round with Kyrie being a part-time mm. guy. I just thought there's too many other things that have to go right for them. Um, you know, for, for that to, to what do you make of these final, uh, what, what do they have? They are 23 games to go. Mm-hmm. Kyrie was only going to be able to play in eight of them. Let's say he cannot let, I don't, know if I can you know, fully figure this out on the fly, but let's say he can get in 12, 13, half, let's say half the yeah. games. Those games become really interesting because now you're having to figure this out and piece this together on the fly of how this team's going to work. So, yeah, I mean, definitely we'll, we'll be watching, right, to see how this comes together. Full disclosure, they will not have any of these guys tomorrow night when they play Boston. Correct. Um, it's going to be kind of a repeat of you know what happened when the Celtics you know played them the other day. But they will have Seth Curry this time around. They will have Andre Drummond, but they're not going to have Kyrie. No Simmons. KD won't be back. Steve Nash says still still a little ways. Steve Nash actually said, I'm curious to get your take on this, that Kevin Durant is closer to playing than Ben Simmons. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, that's interesting. That's it. I mean, I know it takes a while to ramp up and be ready to play and be, sure. but at the, on the flip side, shouldn't it's a lot of it, it terms, Yeah. In terms of just being physically prepared, I mean, like going up and down the court and playing five on five, that's different mm-hmm. than oh, I'm yeah. just in good shape cardio wise yeah. and I'm doing drills yeah. and stuff like that. There's, there's a different level there, but that does feel like a lot of ramp up time, but then maybe that's where we throw in the mental health piece. Maybe that takes him a little bit of time to really get himself where he needs to be. So I, you know, I don't want to question that too much, but it does seem like a lot of ramp. If he was truly in shape and good to go, I mean, heck, we even saw James Harden not in shape and be out there and play and and still provide some stuff. So 
if he was training this whole time and in shape, you would think he would be out there a little bit sooner, but maybe we're not putting enough into the mental health side of things. So maybe that's a factor yeah. as well. I'm going to give you my theory. Yeah, Ready? let's hear it. He returns mid-March, which gets him past that game oh, in Philly. That way it's not theory. even a thing, right? They, they they don't even have to sit him out or anything. They just keep saying he's not quite ready, not quite ready. I mean, that's only, what is that? That's about 15 days away mm. now. So that's my guess. It's about two more weeks, then he's ready to go, and that's, that, that's when he plays. It gives him a month to figure stuff out throughout the rest of this regular season. That, that's my that. theory. I hadn't thought of that, and it's disappointing. It's disappointing because I was excited to see that. Now, but yeah, from Simmons' standpoint, yeah, from Simmons' standpoint, though, I can that would probably be it would be rough. That that would be a rough yeah. environment. There's no question. But from the fan perspective, I you know couldn't can oh, the player yeah. rise up and and perform despite the crowd being hostile and all that kind of it. There's some narratives there that are interesting. But I'm already on record saying I don't think he ever plays another game in Philadelphia again. That's possible in his career, unless it's a playoff game. Yeah, playoff playoff game's a little different. You have to play, but. I don't think you'll ever see him play in Philly again. I mean, look at Kyrie. Kyrie spent years not playing in Cleveland. True. Uh, then then didn't play in uh, Boston up until the end of last year. Some of those were injuries, to be fair. But sometimes there were times it was just, ah, oh, it's a rest day. And, mm -hmm. you know, didn't even come. So, you know, I mean, there's you know, a lot of guys who don't, you know, show up certain places sometimes. You know, that was a, a thing for some guys. So, yeah, that's just, just a theory I'm working on. I don't think we see him until after that game happens. He was asked about it when he did his media availability. Mm -hmm. And he, I, I, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he said that he was hoping he would play sure. in that one. But we'll see. We'll see if it winds yeah. up happening. Yeah. We need to move on, though. Uh, the Kings are likely to trade Rashawn Holmes this summer, which makes sense. It, it may, we, sure. we talked about this when the Sabonis trade went down, that – Okay, if Sabonis and Miles Turner, who can somewhat space the floor out to the three-point line, wasn't working, is Sabonis and Rashawn Holmes, who can't space the floor, going to somehow work better? I, I think Rashawn Holmes has been very effective for the Kings when he's been out there on the floor. I think he's going to have some trade value, and it makes sense that if the Kings have said Sabonis is our guy moving forward, he's the guy we want teamed with De'Aaron Fox— I think you kind of have to figure out what you can get for Rashawn Holmes. So not a surprise at all that his name's now popping up. In fact, as soon as the Sabonis trade went down, I think you and I both said that maybe there was a Holmes trade coming on the heels of that. Yeah, and it would make sense why there wasn't one right at the trade deadline, right? Because that would be a full pivot to mm -hmm. putting together something that wasn't already planned. But yeah, I mean, it's if you just look at his raw stats, you'd say, wow, he's dropped off a little bit after signing the big contract and, and all that. But it's really his playing time is down. He's playing five minutes less per game uh, this year. And this is not influenced by the Sabonis trade. He hasn't been there long enough to influence season long stats. Uh, but because of that, because of his playing time being down, his shots per game are down and then everything else is rebounds, his points, all that stuff are, are down a little bit. So I'm with you. I think he's still a really good player. I mean, shooting 67% from the field, you know, which is, you know, pr pretty absurd. Yeah. Now what's funny is there was a point in Rashawn Holmes second season in the league for a tanking Philly team where he took, one and a half three pointers per game, and he made 35% of them. It was like, all right, maybe there's going to be something here. Maybe this is coming. Since then, he's taken like a total of probably, let's see, I'm going to do some quick math here. 
He's taken a total of 47 three-pointers so in the uh, next five years. Oh, man. So that didn't end up becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, but my guess is you're right, and the Kings are going to say, this is not a workable duo. We don't have a reason to hold Holmes as a backup center to Sabonis. Uh, there's not a big enough role. And somebody will grab him. I mean, oh, yeah. $11.2 next year, that's a very easy number to trade for. He, he essentially makes the mid-level exception. That that's basically what his salary is. So uh, I would be all over that if I was a team that needed a center for the next few years. As a super bouncy athletic rim runner type guy, there's a lot of different places where he can where he would make yeah. some sense. I mean, I would, the, the first team that pops into my head, is Dallas. Like, I mean, just yeah. visions of him catching lobs from Luca like that. That's a that would be a thing that would be yeah. a lot of fun. So I think there's plenty. And of on the nights spots. when you have the need the shooting, you still have Maxi Kleba. Mm-hmm. You have. Uh, yeah, Davis Bertans, if you need to go that way. Exactly. Yeah, I like that one. Exactly. Yep. So I think there'll be yep. a market for him. Interesting, to, interested to see what the Kings can get. Uh, I think he's good enough to where as much as we say, oh, centers that don't shoot threes. Oh, no, that's that's the thing of the past. We don't like that. No, yeah, I think he's no. he's plenty effective out there. He can be a force for you. And uh, I think the Kings can get something for him. Yeah, I, I kind of like that Dallas one. I wonder if you could build something around... Reggie Bullock or uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. If you wanted to go that direction and, you know, kind of you use that as your your baseline, right, for for building on a trade. You 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 could maybe get to something there that that benefits both sides. Speaking of trades, according to Zach Lowe, the Rockets and Lakers. So what we had heard, there were some rumblings. Ramona Shelburne from ESPN had mentioned that the trade that was out there has been long discussed as Russell Westbrook in exchange for John Wall, but the Lakers were going to have to attach the 2027 first to Russell Westbrook. I said from the Lakers side of things, there's no chance you do that. You said the same thing, Keith, from a, as a objective observer here. Yeah. It's just too much. Yeah. It's, it's too much to give. Uh, but then Ramona Shelburne had mentioned that maybe it wasn't a first round pick. Maybe it could have Zach, been done for Zach a little said that. Yes. But Ramona had mentioned it before oh, Zach's podcast. Yes. That maybe it was going to be a little bit less. And then Zach Lowe provided a little bit more clarification in terms of what that would be less than a first. He said, perhaps a pick swap, the 2027 first pick swap. And the Lakers weren't interested in doing that. I was getting to this scenario thinking, you know what? If, and given how poorly the Westbrook thing has worked out, if it's something like a second round pick or whatever, you probably just bite the bullet and do it. The optics don't look great, considering it wasn't that long ago that a first-round pick was attached to John Wall to get Russell Westbrook. And yeah. like that's understandable and everything. But given every all the factors included here, just to see if it works, it's probably not going to hurt you to, to give that a try. Do you? How do you value a pick swap though? Where like is where do you fall on that? Would you have done that if you were the Lakers? If it was a pick swap? It's so hard to gauge value on a pick swap. Yeah, so here's my thing with the Lakers in general, whether it be a pick swap or the pick. Yes, if you're the Rockets, you would take Westbrook in the pick for Wall Mm because you're not losing anything there, right? Even if you then turn around this summer and flipped Westbrook for, you know, better money, a second round pick from a team that was really like, hey, we want to be the next team to take a shot on Russ Mm -hmm. or whatever. You're just you're coming out ahead anyway because you're not changing anything salary wise and you're getting a pick. Um, but I'm gonna kind of flip it to when we were talking a lot about the THT Kendrick Nunn in a pick package. Mm-hmm. My challenge is continually with Lakers picks is they don't always look that good, especially when they're that far out because 
they're the Lakers. If there's any team in the league that I trust will reset, rebuild, rebuild quickly and go, it's the Lakers. Now, a lot of people have jumped on me about those thoughts with, you know, you say that, but, you know, post, you know, uh, pre-LeBron, they were, you know, five years in a row of terrible records or whatever it was. Well, and not to disparage it all, but they were sitting on the terrible Kobe contract at that point. For right. A couple of years, that was yeah. a, he had gotten paid for being Kobe Bryant and being the Lakers mm-hmm. legend, right? He wasn't what he was. And in one of those years, he could barely play. Right. So that was, you know, almost kind of, you know, uh, lost money right on that, that deal. It was a, it was a thank you. It was a career appreciation. That's exactly thank what, you. And yeah. I'm not saying the Lakers did anything no, wrong. No, no. That's that was part of the plan. But it, yeah, exactly. And it made it extremely difficult to build a functional roster that was going to be competitive. But then look what happened once they finally got into a spot where all right, things have cleared. And now we're going to get LeBron and then win a championship and all this stuff. I'm not saying it's easy. And there are definitely you can pick, pick fault and find fault with the Lakers front office and everything else that's gone on over the last year. But you're telling me 2027, so essentially six seasons from now, get super excited about a swap for a pick? I might be, what, what am I, do I have faith that the Houston Rockets in 2027 are going to be better than the Los Angeles Lakers? No, no, I do not. I'm sorry to Houston, but no, history tells me the Lakers will be better by then. You know, there may be some lean years between now and then, maybe it gets a little ugly for a few years, but the Lakers are one of the more sure things in sports that they're going to figure it out eventually. If for no other reason than, or we have a clean salary cap sheet and a bunch of guys want to come play for the Lakers in LA. Then you go. So, yeah. So that's the only reason why from the Rockets mm-hmm. side, I, I don't really like that from their side, from the Lakers side. Yeah. I probably would have done it for sure because what am I, I'm not nothing. losing anything there. Yeah. It's probably, I, I would feel most confident if I was, who knows if Rob Polink is making those decisions right mm-hmm. then anyway. So really, if I'm him, I don't really care then at all. But if I'm Jeannie Buss and the ownership group, yeah, I can feel confident that in 2027 we'll be better than the Rockets, so it won't matter. So I would have done the trade. I mean, it could be catastrophic, right? If you wind up with like the first pick or something oh, like that. But could be, yeah. yeah. But it could also, like we said, with all these pick swaps, it could be nothing. It could be completely yeah. unusable. Yeah. And in that case, I agree with you. Uh, that's where I'm I'm tempted to just say, yeah, you just do it. From the rocket side, I guess you're just, you know, hoping that things break your way because it could wind up turning into something really, really good in the future. And really, you're not sure. you're not hurting yourself you're at all. You're just swapping yeah. the same contract. Yeah. You're paying Russell Westbrook to stay home just like you'd pay John Wall to stay yeah. home. Maybe you could argue, it, okay. Ru- it just doesn't do anything for me, right? right? Like, well, I'm just like, all right, whatever. It's still, I'm it's still something. good to do it. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. So... So when I'm looking at that, though, that was a long time about a trade that didn't happen. I, the only thing that saw <laughs> pop up that I saw pop up is let's say the Lakers, they do a pick swap for 2027 and then they try to move that pick. How does that complicate things? Yeah, it definitely makes it complicated because then you have to write the language of, you know, or you get the Rockets pick if Rockets swap. I mean, there's a couple of those out there right now that are outstanding. Um, and that's just essentially how you write the language in there. But people have asked, like, but they can't because they owe that pick to the Pelicans. It's a swap, so you could do a swap. And they could trade the 2027 pick anyway. Pelicans pick will resolve by 2025 at the yep. latest, so they're clear anyway. But, yeah, it swaps. That's why I always think about the Celtics-Nets trade. They got uh, 
years of first round picks and then every middle year in between they got the right to swap mm-hmm. picks that's why you add those in there because you can't trade them you do just to say hey yeah yeah let's swap as well if you can right. it's not like you can go trade three first round picks for Bo yep. Callahan or something like that <laughs> all right let's let's talk about uh James Wiseman it's like he could be on the way back yeah. as of as of March 1st anyway I mean we're it would be a season debut for him be nice to see. I mean, this is, it feels like it's been way too long since, and it has been way too long since he's been on the floor, but always nice to see players getting healthy and who knows? I mean, look, the Warriors are pretty well set. Hopefully Draymond can come back healthy and he can get things rolling for them. They're going to be a tough out for anybody in the playoffs. Very could very well wind up being the team to head to the finals this season. Mm-hmm. They've been great. Uh, but Wiseman maybe gives them another element. And so I'm interested to see if he can number one, come back, stay healthy, but what kind of impact he can make for the Warriors. Yeah, the reality is right now, the only center that they have on the roster is Kavon mm-hmm. Looney because Draymond Green kind of eats up the remaining center minutes when when he's not there, which Draymond is not right now. We didn't get the best update in the world going into the All-Star break on him. Of It was kind of a, we'll see, you know, when, when you know, we're back after the break. So, yeah, adding any other guy because then it's, you know, it's they're playing Otto Porter mm-hmm. Jr., at the, the five, uh, they're playing um, uh, Iguodala at the five, some Kaminga at the five, some uh, Damani Bielitsa, all kind of around Kavon Looney and Gabe. They're getting by. I mean, I think back to that uh, uh, game that they had with the Lakers shortly before the break, they were more than getting by. The Lakers couldn't get anything done at the rim, despite the fact that it was Otto Porter Jr., was like mm-hmm. the, the Warriors center. So they clearly know how to make it work with um guys who aren't really centers. But yeah, you you can throw a guy out there who's, you know, seven foot one. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 probably not gonna be bad. You know, now let's see where this goes. Cause we were told in November he was gonna start five on five. He had a setback. He didn't did didn't uh, return when they thought. And then we we heard, you know, maybe December. Here we are. We're we're here now maybe March first. Yeah, well, let's go. But yeah, I think for a team that didn't make any kind of trade deadline acquisition, doesn't look like they'll do anything on the buyout market. If you can get 10 or 15 minutes a night out of James Wiseman that aren't bad, go, right? Let's go. I mean, that's, you know, that that's better than kind of doing this piecemeal stuff uh, there. And I, and I left out and I should not have. Uh, Juan Toscano Anderson plays a lot of small sure. ball five for them too. Did you see... Gosh, I wish the, I could remember who put this up. Contest? The ver- defense? No, not the. <laughs> oh God, God. No, we're not talking <laughs> about that again. The um the defensive versatility metrics that 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 were going around Twitter today. I, I don't know if you uh, saw them. Juan Toscano Anderson is this year's Ben Simmons, meaning he's the most versatile defender in mm-hmm. the NBA of his minutes. Um, and they do this by um, matchup data through synergy, I believe it is. Um, and um, second spectrum, so you're really getting the sense of who is guarding who he has guarded every one, one through five, each position, at least 18% of the time. So it's essentially saying he splits it almost evenly, everywhere. Wow. You know, one through five. Like that's pretty, pretty that's good impressive. stuff considering they are, you know, uh, one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. So I, I just throw that out there. Cause I forgot as I rattled off all those other veteran guys, I, I forgot to add the one guy who's had a huge impact for them kind of playing all all every position on the floor that's incredible i i did not see that stat and that that is absolutely amazing and uh i mean yeah. that's 
that's found gold for a team like the Warriors to have a guy that's, that can do that on the defensive end of the floor, which too often doesn't yep. get enough recognition because a lot of it is off ball. And we tend not, not mm -hmm. to notice that as much because, you know, our eye, we're yep. watching our eye follows that bouncing ball. Sure. Um, let's, let's one quick thing on yeah. him too. Restricted free agent this mm -hmm. summer. You might get a team or two make this a little interesting and challenge the Warriors. How far do you want to take that tax? Does he, I mean, Dorian Finney-Smith, did that just set the market? Maybe. I wonder. Yeah. I. He. Well, let's see. What he is. He got what? Four years, fifty-four. I think. A little older than I thought. Geez, he's going to be twenty-nine at oh. the end of this season. So that's a little older than I thought. I'm going to check and make sure that's right. Maybe my note is wrong because I didn't think he was quite that old. But while you're while you're checking that, one thing I did want to mention is we talk about the bio market a lot. It. it I am right. He is going to be twenty-nine in okay. April. So Sorry. I was just going to say James Wiseman is essentially the, the Warriors buyout addition. And, and it, yep. you said 10 to 15 minutes. That's probably better than what you're going to get on the buyout market. So yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on to another big man. Un unfortunate, maybe fortunate. And based on how much they've been winning and they don't really want to, Yusuf Nurkic, plantar <laughs> fasciitis out for now at least four weeks. I wonder if his season's going to be in jeopardy. Like if he comes back four weeks from now, is there any real urgency to rush him back? If there's any kind of soreness mm -hmm. there, probably not. But in any event, the Blazers will be without him for the next four weeks. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, anytime you get post-All-Star break, especially one as late as it is this year, and you're talking four weeks, that takes you, we're talking end of March now. That leaves you only about two weeks left in the season. I start to, why, why would you bother? Yeah. Now, yeah, if you're 10th or 9th and you're really pushing up those standings and you really do want to get in, all right, bring them back. But if you're Nurkic too, you got to think about, I've, I'm a free agent this summer. I don't want this lingering in the free agency and, you know, impacting mm -hmm. where, where I may go, you know, as a free agent and what kind of contract I might get. So, yeah, I mean, they are 10th right now. They've won four in a row. Going into the All-Star break, uh, they are two games up on San Antonio and New Orleans, three and a half up on the Kings. That, but they're probably going to get that. The pillow seat. fight continues. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Did you see, and, and we'll wrap this up in a minute because I have to do radio soon, but there was a video going around showcasing Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons and them pulling off the same moves with the explanation that they have the same trainer. And Simons is like, like <laughs> motion for motion with Lillard, pull up, you know, through the legs, sidestep into a three, all that kind of stuff it was pretty cool. And it makes you see like how good Anthony Simons really is. Really good, yeah. man. He's yeah. That's, 
that is part of why I feel a little bit better about Portland's ability to to flip this thing quickly and, and put it together. I don't think, in retrospect, Anthony Simons is the big drop-off from C.J. McCollum that some people think he might be. I, I think he's he's ready to take on everything C.J. did for that team. Because you got to remember, right, C.J. was the starting shooting guard and the backup point guard for years of that run. Simons can do that. Get a, get the right third guard in there. Maybe that's Josh Hart. Yeah, we'll we'll see. But yeah, I, I that he's a big part of why I believe they might be able to turn that thing around very quickly. All right. Last thing we need to mention, Isaiah Thomas. I, you told me about this as we're starting the show. Drops forty five points in the G League. This man can still put the ball in the basket. It, yeah, I, he should be on an NBA roster somewhere. He's talented enough to be in the NBA. The challenge has always been defensively. How do you play around him? And, you know, but the bottom line is he's still an extremely talented basketball player. He's too good for the G League, but I think he's just he's such a challenge to scheme around at the NBA level. I'm curious to see where it goes. I hope he winds up back in the league, but clearly he is he's too good for the G League right now. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of turned into that classic 4A stuff in Major League Baseball, right? Too good for the minors, not quite good enough for the for the bigs. But yeah, his first game with the Grand Rapids Gold, he scored 42 points in 42 minutes, six rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and he shot 16 of 30 from the field. Today, it was an afternoon game in the G League, 45 points, shot 14 out of 27, Slacking on the boards, only three rebounds this time, and uh, five assists, uh, and only uh, no no steals this time around. But played 39 minutes, so clearly healthy enough to be out there playing. Uh, you know, a lot of minutes, but yeah, I mean, just filling it up. So yeah, um, I will forever root for Isaiah Thomas mm-hmm. to to get back to an NBA roster. Let, let's let's go. Somebody make this happen. You know, at least for you know rest of the season. You know, one of these teams that you know need needs a point guard or whatever. You know, let, let's go get this guy on the roster. Absolutely, would love to see it happen. All right, everybody, we'll wrap things up there. Make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office Show on YouTube. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. And if you're a podcast listener, don't forget to follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, toss us that five-star review. We certainly do appreciate it. Till next time, everybody. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.